Hello, hello, hello. My name is Courtney Turner, and you are listening to Bluegrass Community Foundation's Do Good Radio Hour. Today's guest is joining us from Jessamine County, and if I'm not mistaken, this is our first Jessamine County guest. So please use that as a reminder that if you are in the state of Kentucky and you are doing good, honey, we want to talk to you. And this man and his team are doing good in Jessamine County. And they need all of us, Lexingtonians included, to hear what's going on in Jessamine County so we can work together to make all of the bluegrass a better place to live. Here is Executive Director of the Jessamine County Homeless Coalition, Johnny Templin. Now, I mentioned this in your intro, which I recorded before you got here. If I'm not wrong, which the chances of that being a thing is like 60-40, so take that as you will. <laughs> I think you're the first person from Jessamine County to be on the show. Oh, yeah? Uh, I think so. Well, I, we certainly appreciate the opportunity to speak about our organization and what we're trying to do. And uh I'm never worried about being the first on that stuff, so let's <laughs> let's go with it. Right? Yes, we appreciate you reaching out and like being the representative of Jessamine County right now. It's very appreciated. Thanks for making the drive in this terrible, <laughs> yes. awful rain. It's disgusting outside. Um, but you are the executive director of the Jessamine County Homeless Coalition. Correct. Correct. And we're definitely going to get into that. But I want to first learn a little bit more about you, if that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, let's go. Are you originally from Jessamine County? Originally from Ohio, around the Dayton area. Moved to Lexington uh, when I was 10 years old and stayed okay. here until uh, my mid-30s when we moved to Jessamine. County. That's that's kind of why the Lexington thing's so natural. Is I I grew up most of my family years was in Lexington, right. so uh, it's just natural to me. I see it as almost like one thing. So. Now, how did you end up in Jessamine County? Uh, oddly enough, uh, so I, you know a lot of things you you would hear me saying. I'm that old typical grumpy old man, and <laughs> and my my kids. If we started something like a uh, a season of football or a cheerleading, you finished it. Uh, oh yeah, and so. Uh, my boys was at Takes Creek where I went to mm-hmm. school, and uh, we had a harebrained idea one night about more playing time and asked them to see if they wanted to move to Jasmine County where mm-hmm. they'd get some more playing time. And 
So we literally loaded up five children, one on the way, and moved to Jasmine County. Uh, the boys did get more playing time that year. Uh, but after that year, uh, they came to me during the summer <gasps> and told me they didn't want to play football <sighs> no more. Were you heartbroken? Uh, yeah, it's kind of real weird to describe that because one, they did what I, you know, I raised right, them to do. Yes. But I was like, seriously, we've all just completely moved down here. Uh, and uh, and uh, one of them, the younger one, probably would have had a, you know, because he was like freshman, so uh-huh. he would have got a lot of playing time. So yeah, it was it was kind of heartbreaking, but it, it's oh, all good. Boy. Though, so. but, but they enjoyed living in Jessamine County. Oh yeah, yeah. All uh, all of my kids graduated mm-hmm. from Jessamine County officially, even the oldest one. So and uh, that's where their roots are, if you will. So well, let me ask because that is such a big commitment to make. I mean, it's your family, so of course, like you're gonna do anything for them but what was that discussion like with your partner being like i think for football purposes is it football yeah for football purposes we've got to go to justman county (laughs) yeah so we was uh you know i think all parents do this but we uh we we had to do a lot to make things uh with six kids to make ends meet and so and a lot of that uh pulled the kids in to help with stuff so yeah. uh we we always had little projects rather than spending a year earning money mowing grass to a company we started uh to take us all to disney world oh, in yes. 2000 uh and uh so yeah, we was all on board for it plus our income had uh, so that was the beginning of where our, our biggest income was in yeah. our life and so we wanted more room mm-hmm. which made you know jasmine county more advantageous because right. we had more space and it's much cheaper anyway so. i'm also one of six. Oh so yeah oh yeah so you know <laughs> it was crazy it's still crazy i don't know what's going on at any given time so i totally get that now tell me how you got started working in nonprofit. yeah so uh in uh i divorced that that mm-hmm. wife uh we we divorced and finally completely separated in late 2009 mm-hmm. or somewhere around there and uh and during that in between time as i was trying to figure out what's next for me uh a lot of things happened, including uh, I gained a lot of weight in early 2012 through um, uh, through um, trying to to socialize. Uh-huh. That become problematic, and mm-hmm. uh, at the end of 2012, I was the biggest I was in my life. And mm. uh, uh, through some details, I won't say here, but that we went <laughs> on to uh, um, I, I basically fell into a hot dog diet. Uh. They gave me some motivation to lose weight for like 20 days. I ate nothing but hot dogs. I didn't see it as a godly thing there, but right. uh, at, the weight was just falling off. And 90 days in, I remembered that I had, you know, basically hit my knees 90 days before and asked him to help me. Uh, and uh, what resulted in that was a weight loss journey where I lost 169 pounds. Oh. And in 10 my. months oh and, my gosh. and i've always been a big guy so i knew that wasn't normal right right like, like i almost couldn't do nothing wrong uh-huh. uh, and i was still losing weight and uh so uh about four months into it i knew it was in my opinion it was of god and i was showing my my respects if you will for what he did so i started a uh my faith walk but resulted or in the beginning it was uh just going to church uh-huh. uh Still had to lose some uh, attachments to chasing money and stuff. Yeah. But in late 2014, for the first time in my life, uh, 
I really had just me and my youngest daughter at the time. It was my one and only income and my only time in my life, one income and only time I lost a job. So late 2014, I took that as a a sign to stop talking about what I wanted to do Mm. for God and the community and start doing it. And uh, about 90 days after that, through the weight loss, I knew there was a food insecurity in the Mm -hmm. area. So I started a, what's called Walking With Love Food Pantry. And uh, we ran that for about a year. And in the middle of that, started looking for what was next. And and after about two weeks of fasting and praying into it, it became obvious from new community pastors reaching out, all of a sudden stopped asking about food, started asking about homeless resources. Mm. So in late 2015, I knew it was a, uh, it was a, it was time to, to yeah. start working on a shelter. It took a long time, took a better part of a, a, a year to uh, to get it together. But we opened a 50-bed uh, co-ed facility in Jasmine County that's, uh, it's not a, there is an element, a week, one week element that's a white flag shelter like the Hope Center here in town. Gotcha. Where for any reason you can go, as long as you can be behave while you're there you right. can stay there uh in 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 some regards indefinitely so uh, we only have a one week aspect of that mm-hmm. we're about a 90-day program getting back on your feet aggressively uh but there was prior to us there was zero services like that in jasmine county mm-hmm. uh, zero uh, so we was the first and uh yeah, so that's kind of where it came from. Well, tell me about what that looks like now. I know that you all have a lot of programs and resources for people who are using your services and who are kind of like in your zeitgeist. So tell us what that looks like. As far as how we operate? Yes. Okay, so we, uh, as we researched with places here in town in Winchester, uh, we realized that with some statistical stuff, too, that uh, 20% of the homeless population, if you had them all in one room, mm-hmm. they wouldn't stay in any type of shelter. So that made us make everything but our bed services from the beginning available to the community. Mm-hmm. So currently we operate six different programs. One is a, a, a short-term, one-week emergency stay, a 90-day case-managed program, and then we offer laundry, meals, and mm. and uh, showers daily to the community, and always have. And, uh, and then we have a winter weather emergency plan. So that's what we currently offer right now. But uh, building into other stuff, we'll talk about it in a second. Oh, yes. So, yeah. Now, you, you mentioned winter, which anytime I think about the homelessness like pandemic epidemic i don't know which one you call it but i mean it's just crazy and overwhelming the first thing i think about is winter and how people are supposed to survive when they don't have places to stay and they are outside i used to live in new york city and like watching all of that was terrifying so what does that look like for you all, and how do you all prepare for winter seasons? Because I'm making a really big assumption in that it has to be, like, the hardest season. <laughs> I, I don't know what that is. It, it definitely is the hardest on a lot of different reasons. Uh, we, we like to think we handle it in pretty good stride. Of course, you build up in the beginning. Uh, we 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 survive on, on mm-hmm. uh, the generosity of our donors, not just necessarily money, our food and our hygiene mm-hmm. and our winter gear. So we... We try to to 
gather those, if you will, pre uh, uh, the winter. So yeah. we got plenty of sanitizing stuff and all that. And we, uh, we, uh, it, but when it starts, when winter starts, uh, you know, you, we will have a buildup. We'll almost double from November to somewhere in January. Mm-hmm. Uh, and oddly enough, and it's not like this uh, in any research I've ever done, but Jasmine County has a unique thing. Our busiest month is March. No clue why. Uh, wow. Nobody can give me anything it makes. I'm a, And I'm a numbers person. Right. It drives me nuts. But, uh, you know, there was uh, one month in 2017 that uh, March had 42 people in it in our 50. That's the biggest, oh busiest we've been. Uh, and we've already seen... The gradual, you know, some some reason December we was setting or in November we were setting under ten people, which was lower than normal. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, but we, uh, you know, we're 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 setting at like fifteen, sixteen right now. So mm-hmm. even this year, with it being lower than it has been in quite a while for us, we're still going to see probably our biggest month of the year in March. So uh, you got to get ready for it. Personally, that first couple of weeks that. Uh, I walked into that building when there's 42 people in there because it's a 500 square foot right. living room, dining room thing. And, uh, it, you know, if you got anxiety, you find out real quick when you Absolutely. walk into a room of yeah. 42, 45 people and uh, you might know a few of them. And uh, so it was unique getting used to that. I can't so, imagine. Yeah. Now, what do you all have planned for this year in the future? Yeah. I know that you all have some things in your pocket. Yeah. So we're not about uh, sitting sitting still too long uh and and jesmond county is a good area for that you know i spent my younger years jokingly calling you know everybody called that a bedroom community and the reality is is not only is that truly true but the the services just aren't there that you go out and entertain or uh take your kid they're they're not there they're getting better but they're Uh not there and uh so uh, we always knew if we really wanted to help uh, the the less fortunate in our area, we had to just we had to do more than just a a temporary shelter. So right. it's always been of our heart to to grow those services and what that looks like now after getting hit through pandemic and all that situation is uh we're opening on main street right across from city hall there uh a ten thousand square foot facility it's called the center for growth and hope uh everything in it it, almost everything in its new services and and none of it has been done any there's nothing like it in the state really i mean as we go out and talk to experts in the field it's a very unique operation And, and it's real it's kind of a they're not doing this in town right now, but we know they need help, so let's add this. And what that looks like to us now is the Center for Growth and Hope will be a 78-bed facility wow. uh, that will have an emergency capacity of a couple hundred. But uh, the, out of the 78 beds in there, we'll have five different programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, one will be our 90-day program like we offer now, mm-hmm. uh, but there, there we'll, we'll have the first truly uh, uh, uh independent domestic violence program in jasmine county wow not only resources but women and children can stay in that environment mm-hmm. a secured secluded uh, environment uh we offer a, a dedicated women with children's thing, uh, mm-hmm. area uh, and a veterans area and the veterans area is something that yeah, I like talking about this because it's kind of i don't want to call it a bias but starting before starting this this shelter mm-hmm. 
I wasn't against veterans or anything, but I, you, I wasn't the one at the veterans picnic or something like that. Right. Uh, yeah. The uh, even though my father spent you know a, a good chunk of his, a decade in the military, uh, I wasn't an enthusiast, I guess. Right. Uh, and uh, but I real quickly learned when we opened the shelter that uh, one about seventeen percent of our residents that walk through the door uh, uh, identify as a veteran mm-hmm. as they walk through, and in that little environment with one program, a cookie cutter program, it's got to fit everybody. We lose eighty percent of our veterans. Wow. Uh, just literally, I call it from the family chaos because they're all in right, a five hundred yeah. square foot living or dining room, right. and, and uh, if you've had a bad day, it's not a good place to to, to be for right. us. So, uh, you know, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. We just got a dedicated area for them where they can stay, you know, to themselves mm-hmm. if they want to, as we connect them to the well-funded resources for addiction or homelessness in, Je- in wow. Fayette County. So uh, those programs are all new to Jasmine County. Even, even uh, there's a 24-bed aspect of it that'll be an instant care addiction treatment. Mm. Again, completely new to Jasmine County because uh, we'll be operating under a level of care that there's only a couple of them in the entire state. Right. But but we'll offer instant care. And it's the, the behavioral health field goes against itself. Experts say when somebody reaches out for help that you need to change their environment. They need to change their environment in two and a half hours or chances of success diminish. The average time to get approval through any insurance, private or free, uh-huh. it takes about two and a half days. It fights itself. Right. Uh, there was one organization that we seen in 2018 uh, in Elizabethtown called Lincoln Trail. You knock on their be- their door at three o'clock in the morning. You can be majorly intoxicated and belligerent. As long as they get a bed, they bring you in. Uh, they start the next day worrying about how they're going to get paid for that. And if they can't get you paid there or get paid for you there, right. they'll transition you to someplace as they can, but oh. continue treatment. Uh, in our environment, it'll be a little different. We still got to uh-huh. get approval. It's still going to take two and a half days, but we're such a big facility. We can start acclimating them to the facility. This is how we do chores. This is how you do. And we'll, so somebody comes in and asks for help. We can change their environment right there. Are you serious about this? Because if so, let's go. Uh, and so it's, yeah, we're very proud of uh, uh. the program that's coming uh, and, and what that looks like to uh, to be able to offer that. It's not against any of the other treatment centers. A 16-bed facility yeah. could not stay open if they did that because right. there's a federal law that says if once you start treatment, if you start it for free, you can't then charge it midstream. It's either right. one or the other. Uh, so that they wouldn't, with if it's a... 5,000 square foot house and somebody's got 16 beds in there to keep, you know, to lose those, uh, it would be not possible to pay the bills. So, but in a bigger environment where you get bigger, uh, more beds than what you, yeah, you you can do that instant care. So we're quite proud of that. Now with you all growing and evolving and bringing all of these different programs in, I know that that takes a lot of manpower. It takes a lot of money dollars. So what is something that maybe you're facing right now, immediate needs wise, that people who are listening might be able to say, I can do that, or I would like to step in and help? What do you all need? Yeah, so we're, we're on the whole project, we're still sh- short money. Uh-huh. Uh, technically, we've raised em- enough if it was if there was no hiccups from mm-hmm. time frame. We already raised enough to build it, but it's been about a year longer. So paying those monthly bills has ate up a little bit of that. Right. So there's certainly monetary needs uh, that still exist. Um, 
but we're at the phase now where where we're doing i mean i'm calling it wrapping up because i've been through it before i know where we're at in the process mm-hmm. but uh we we you know we've got like 27 rooms in the building that a lot of them's going to need drop ceilings in they're going to need painting right. they're going to need carpet uh, um, even somebody of minimal skill just the heart and willingness we can make good use of that volunteerism for even a few hours in that building and uh, that'll be occurring probably at least over the next 90 days okay so. When we first talked, which was not that long ago, but it stuck with me, (laughs) you said something that was really powerful, I think, and you said that we do so much more than provide a warm bed. We build community with an emphasis on unity. Yeah. What what does that mean to you? Uh, it's a little golden nugget. God, I woke up one morning with a few years ago the That's unity good. thing, uh, and I've really hammered it in. Uh, my friends are sick of it, but uh, <laughs> the the uh, uh, the it, it's exactly what it means. I didn't really know this in the beginning, but as we entered the pandemic and we changed a couple ways we operated uh-huh. like we was ready to open an outpatient uh, uh behavioral health addiction treatment thing we had to shut that down uh but you know there's this bigger thing going uh so uh we also started doing community facing things that has absolutely nothing to do with a homeless shelter uh-huh. uh what those are and those has been great because it's bringing the community in those vary from uh you know starting in april and for the next eight months we'll have at least once a month what we call family fund days mm-hmm. uh we one of our board members uh, was closing down a, a bounce house operation, and we bought six of his units. And we'll just so fun. We'll just crank those things up, serve some burgers, and invite the community to come in. It doesn't cost them a penny. Uh, we open it up for about three or four hours mm. right there on our property, uh, uh, and and the cost on that is so negligible uh, because of how the community blesses us. Maybe a couple hundred dollars a, a, a month, uh, and then uh, three years ago, uh, seeing something that just caught my heart on social media or maybe it was the news or something but uh, uh we knew that we had always had thanksgiving and christmas dinner at the shelter oh. and they had always been pretty popular over 100 people uh however the resources or the facility was just not adequate right. uh so uh, we have a great uh, collaborative partnership with several agencies in town including the library we just take over their library for about two months. They're so gracious. So cool. uh, we we have a Thanksgiving dinner that we offer right there, and, and it's not just about the meal. It's a it's a it's about the community. We bring we invite uh, parents to bring their kids, and we serve them like it's a restaurant. I wow. mean, literally, we'll set them, and then the kids come right in. Little seven, uh. eight, nine year olds come right in and bring them a plate and ask them their dessert. And we got people that go around and talk to them, and it's we bring that community there. Uh, This past Thanksgiving, we served 740 meals. Oh so, my gosh! Yeah, now what we've done, what that looks like now after three times, is we we uh, we had a we two years ago we decided to open a drive-through when we seen Catholic Action do it. Six kids, right? Your parents not going to bring six of them in, especially if the brats are in their mouth. <laughs> Correct. Uh, uh, you know, so there's a lot of people that, that just even though we wanted the community conversation, there was a lot of people that just couldn't do it or wouldn't right. do it. Uh, and then this past year, we also started delivering meals to uh, uh, first responders in our wow. community, and uh, and then we picked it up two years ago doing the meals on Christmas. We're considering doing one at Easter. Uh, still working on. <sighs> 
on that type of thing. Um, and then also during the pandemic, uh, an organization had started a, a festival down there, had, mm-hmm. had done real good for about three years. And just their growth pattern, they decided to not continue the festival. Sure. And I happened to, to be on the inside of that. So I seen that it was, I felt it was getting ready to go away. And I wasn't satisfied with that. You know, uh-huh. it was uh, the community that was even then that was the biggest one day festival in the community. And uh, we we collaborated. The lady that started that, uh, my, our now director of development, and Nip, we we worked on it and we brought that inside Jasmine County Homeless Coalition. And mm. this past year was our fifth festival out of six years and uh we we uh had brought you know all kind of different things our estimated crowd size was over twenty five thousand year before last we brought the the a daytime parade back to jesmond (sighs) county or to nicholasville we brought a fall carnival back to town oh Uh, i bet people freaked out about that i bet they were so excited yeah yeah it was uh it was because it, it i mean we still get some people that in you know in the heyday when i was growing up a teenager there was something down there called the jasmine jamboree uh-huh. it was nationally recognized as one of the bigger festivals in the in the country uh and but that after an accident down there that kind of all fell apart sure. it's been you know almost 20 years uh and people yearn for that that environment, and uh, we, you know we've got it fairly close to back to where it was. Not wow. quite the number of people, uh, sure, but uh, you know this. Like I said, this is our fifth out of six years, and there is a couple of major corporations in Lexington looking this time around for a, for a full festival wide sponsorship this year. So. Mm. Uh, we've been growing with it, so we're 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 not just about that person that needs help tonight uh, uh, to figure out where they're laying their head at. We're we're about building community, and we're not afraid to test new waters and jump out there and get it going. If we're doing it for the right reason and God and communities behind us, we'll get it done. So you are a guy with a lot of aspirations. You seem to make things happen. <laughs> what is the dream for the coalition? Is it to go away, like not really go away, but not have a need for the homeless coalition anymore? Or what is what's the overall dream? So if we can if we can get to a point where we're starting to offer supportive services before somebody stumbles completely, Mm -hmm. Uh, not necessarily just paying somebody's electric bill. If it's just somebody to chat with, start that dialogue, uh, help help catch somebody before they need to walk in the mm-hmm. building uh that that would definitely be one of our main goals and then you know after they leave us as well that you know uh nobody survives regardless of how stubborn and <laughs> and old-fashioned they think they are nobody's right. surviving very well mental health wise if they're really isolated mm-hmm. uh, and and everybody's got to have community so we 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 hope that after people leave us that we have wraparound services that engage them I and we see that quite a bit uh, i don't know this from a number standpoint but i venture to say uh we we keep up with all the big mature shelters for uh returning volunteerism uh-huh. from people that left our shelter uh and and i believe i truly believe it's because of that giving back portion because yeah. in all those things we do we asked our our residents if they want to be engaged uh uh, and and sometimes it affects their life, so we talk to them about that. Like during the fall festival, you know, we're going to be a madhouse during that week. Uh, and uh, 
So they, the more often than not, I've seen uh, relatively tough guys break down in tears sure. when they see us feeding a thousand people up at the at the yeah. Christmas dinner or Thanksgiving dinner, and uh, so I hope we grow with all that. Uh, you know, there's there's different things. There's uh, supportive housing that needs to take place. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be making a bigger announcement uh, here in just a couple of weeks. But if you look around the communities uh, that touches Lexington, uh, the disparity between affordable housing units in Jasmine County yeah. compared to other counties is just ridiculous. Uh, and it's easy to see where we where we gauge at on some of those things because there's a lot of towns around in our area that are similar in our size and economic level. So, uh, you know, if Georgetown's able to get it done, something's happened that where Nicholasville's not, and right. uh, we'll bring a light to it. And we want to we want to just help out wherever that's at. If there's someone listening who needs your services or they know someone who needs your services, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, our current location is at 218 East Maple. It's a block away from the, the main courthouse there in town. Of course, we're always open there to just walk in and engage us there. In fact, if you want to check in, that's where it takes place is outside communication. We don't promise beds until somebody's in front of us gotcha. uh, so but uh you know we're certainly available on all type of electronic stuff that somebody might hear whether it be facebook or social or uh, uh, our websites uh, jchcky.com r.org you can email through that uh my, I don't mind taking phone calls. It's not a big deal. My, my direct phone number is 859-270-6919. And my email is johnny, J-O-H-N-N-Y, at jchcky.org. And uh, we, uh, you know, just reach out to us in, in any of those fashions and we'll get going with it. Mm. Now, Johnny, every yeah. episode we like to do a thing <laughs> I call BGCF Fast Facts. Which is yeah. where I'm going to ask you a question, and without thinking about it too much, you're going to give me the first answer that pops up. Are you ready? Uh, it, probably not, but let's go. <laughs> what are you reading right now? Uh, two different things. One's called a uh, um, the the Center for Trait Based Recovery. It's uh-huh. basically a guide that, but I call it the book. To me, is called Starting from Strength. It's a new uh, it's a new recovery model, uh, which is developed by a good friend of mine, Dr. Jason Roop, from out of the 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 Isaac a house uh, organization yes. type of stuff and it, it goes into detail about talking about how and i'm way this is way above my pay grade <laughs> but uh, about the same traits that somebody finds to be successful in 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 addiction like manipulation right. uh, that there's a a flip side of that trait that's incredibly productive and he actually like uh defended his dissertation for his doctorate from that so that manipulator might be able to cast a good vision in a business leadership situation wow. uh, mirror tra- i think he calls it mirror trait so reading that because that's the field we're going right. into uh, uh and i don't do a whole lot of a personal reading but uh-huh. i am reading some uh ragamuffin gospels oh my uh, gosh b, that sounds so lovely by b manning and basically uh the the and i just started this and and it, this is almost just the prefaces of, uh-huh. the, of the book i literally just got the book last week but uh, uh i'm getting more excited and that's a little bit not like me with, uh-huh. with straight up reading but he uh the, in the book, they, 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 it's about meeting God where his grace is and mm-hmm. where we lose the connection as faith followers from thinking we've got to be spit, shine, and clean to 
to come to him and and just he, he's a, he's our father and it's about being there and he takes us right where we're at bewildered beat up dirty mm. and coming to the gospel just like that ragamuffin so so uh, good I'm, I'm very excited to get more in detail with that because uh, it came from a connection that with the center for growth and hope and just in talking to the gentleman right. like that he jumps up and goes grabs this book and brings it to me and uh, and uh, yeah it's pretty i think it's going to be pretty interesting as i get more into it uh, what are you watching right now I, i'm a sci-fi nut so okay any, yeah not not a lot of the new modern stuff but more if it's a space or time type of stuff and right now i'm on a on a, a, a retake of a se- of a season of a stargate right now so that, okay. that's my binging <laughs> right now i love it my younger brother is also like a sci-fi yeah. nerd. And I sometimes he says things and I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> it is completely over my head. What are you listening to right now? Uh, a lot of Jelly Roll. Uh, you, okay, you and everybody else. Yeah, yeah. I have never listened to him, but I hear that I need to. It's uh, not only is, is currently the music that he's producing is awesome, but the the story and the person there and there's a lot of that like uh, you can pull up probably dozens of stuff where the the speech is in the middle of the concert he literally brings a preach right there Uh, and it it's amazing uh it really is i'm a a gigantic fan Uh, i do follow his wife on tiktok i really like her she's right there with him yeah yeah they're they're absolutely amazing really so uh um the he's definitely uh walking in his calling right now mm. and he's not he's not bashful or afraid of it at all right now and and uh you know there's probably a lot of uh, uh stiff shirt religious people that don't like that he'll sure. drop a a cuss word or anything in there but uh you know we're supposed to bring the good the good grace of god to everybody and right now that man's pulling in seventy thousand people on a on a good weekend and they're literally listening to that and if we got to turn a blind eye to a couple cuss words every now and again uh he gets the message across uh, if he can be where do. he's at yeah. then i can be there too and uh yeah, it's pretty pretty wild. Uh, what are you eating right now? Mostly unhealthy food. Same. I mean, the same thing. It brought me to my calling. <laughs> right. I ignore now. Uh, it, it's uh, I'm I'm I do cook more at the house uh, since my second wife passed away than what I used mm. to. But it still is not the my schedule. Just I don't eat like a shit. <laughs> no, me and my partner we just went to the doctor and they told him they were like you've got to get it together and i was like Haha. and then i did it and they were like you also need to get it together and i was like chicken nuggets are so good and they're so easy yeah i don't have to do anything my a1c had been great for like two and a half years <laughs> and i know my next visit in february they're gonna uh, be so mad yes yeah, she's gonna be like well, did you take four months off johnny but uh no but that's, no i didn't <laughs> that's uh that's life though we'll get to it what are you most scared of um stumbling in a unique situation so through my divorce uh i've realized that there's some embedded anxieties there that uh, a lot of times because i've always had a gift to gab it's not it doesn't affect me at all but there's some because of that it's also a double-edged sword Mm -hmm. though because sometimes 
that'll just uh, in a very unique situation, whether it's somebody that that uh, I'm uncomfortable with or a lot of technology type <laughs> of stuff. Uh, it, it that that's what I'm most scared of walking into an environment where that hits because it's right. no warning. Uh, but uh, I'm boldly going to go there and just go through it, and we'll, we'll get there. But, yeah, it is probably the biggest thing that mm. terrifies me. So. On the opposite end of that spectrum, what are you most proud of? Um, that, um, yeah, first off, I don't like do, doing that, really, because <laughs> I think everything is uh, by the grace of God. But if uh, the uh, um, the same skill sets, whatever you want to label them, that, that he utilizes through me to build – the, what we are at the Center for Growth and Hope was was present in in my ridiculous teenage and early mm. twenty years. Uh, it, it looked real weird then. Rather it was you know planning a a party to try to keep people from not getting arrested back when I was <laughs> uh, you know in my teens or or how to start a small business to make ends meet when mm. when I had my kids. Uh, and so that's that's pretty pretty powerful to know that that fit to feel like that's been in me since then it also makes me mad that i wasted 45 years uh, <laughs> not doing something with it but uh everybody's yeah. got their own timeline yeah <laughs> everybody gets there eventually true enough <laughs> who do you look up to uh mostly some uh some of the 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 what i jokingly say the old grumpy men in my life oh those, yes those, every day those the, I appreciated them while they was around, but uh, every day those those sound bites and those little things that used to irritate me, they, they're so powerful in my life now. So obviously my father's one of them. I could literally hear his voice and oh, things yeah. all day long. But but like a, I spent just like a Boy Meets World. I don't know if it's a sitcom. Oh, yeah. Uh, just like the principal there, we had a, a, a teacher that I was in chorus that at Southern that transferred the year bef- before we did to take so like 60 of us was in his class for like six years uh that's certainly a very powerful man in my life and uh and our, our principal back then too because if it wasn't for me trying to prove him wrong i probably wouldn't have graduated uh and it ended with the $20 bet I had long forgot about, <laughs> but he paid me the day I walked across That's the stage. so nice. So those uh, those things are those are who I look up to mostly, the, those those figures that I've made an impact, whether I realized it then or not in my life. Mm. What are you most looking forward to? Center for Growth and Hope. You know? <laughs> I tell my it's friends happening. I'm looking for uh, a sabbatical when, when this is over with, but it's not really sabbatical because it's probably going to be uh, going and enjoying a, a long overdue vacation to uh-huh. Vegas. But uh, that, that's kind of my thing. But uh, the uh, yeah, so I am certainly looking forward to uh, some downtime personally yeah. uh, here in a few months. But uh, I would forego that if uh, in place of the, the center to open because it, uh, you know, it, it's the, the veterans of domestic violence. Domestic violence, uh, number wise, in our county, the, the January of last year almost doubled in what we seen internally. Uh, the, the 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 women that actually ended up having paper after we got with them for a little while almost tripled 
over it, 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 to us it felt like right. overnight but it was two years into the pandemic uh, and it hasn't really slowed down uh, and the need's great and the the current uh kentucky domestic violence network does right. the best it can but it's a huge need and uh you can't build enough beds out of the program you got to offer services and uh, so to have that ability to work because um Probably the second thing I didn't realize in opening the shelter is how how much everybody, no matter where you're at mm-hmm. in your life, there is something that you consider a geographical home. And you don't, even if there's nothing that seems like it would tie you to that area, right. like no kids, no jobs, no parents, you still don't, it's comfortable to you. It's where you're, yeah. Uh, and and including people that are homeless. I mean, right. last year, Wilmore in, in Jasmine County, they was counting about 14 people sleeping outside when mm-hmm. winter hit. And during that big, that little ice storm yeah. thing. They had 30 people that's helping bring them back and forth from Wilmore to us. And then I told them to start with, I think this is great. And if only one person, that's fine. I don't think all 14 people is going to come. And and right. most didn't uh, because they're so worried and not having the resources to get back. What happens if I get let down? Now I'm over here in Lexington or in Nicholasville. Right. Johnny's going to, you know, make me go on the 90-day program. They would literally not want to come to the shelter, even yeah. in life-threatening temperatures. Uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, that's uh, that, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm mm. looking forward to to being there for for yeah. those that, that need that's not in our community right now, being met in our community. Mm. Now, I feel like we've talked about this the whole time, yeah. but if you can, like, put a little bow on it, why do you love your community? Yeah. Uh, because you know, there's sometimes I get very frustrated with it, uh, especially <laughs> if we're if we're talking about on a political or a progressive mm-hmm. growth thing. But at the end of the day, the hearts of the community. The uh, uh, I had a mother that engaged us. Uh, yeah, the uh, very popular young couple in town engaged us uh, a couple years ago at the Thanksgiving dinner. Her daughter on her NTI thing this past week. It was name your favorite community helper. And the daughter said, Johnny Templin. Shut up. But I got the picture of it. I'll ah! show you. Johnny Templin, because he runs our local homeless shelter and feeds our community Christmas <sighs> dinner. I would do that all day long. First. Now, not that I need stuff like that, but if you're looking for encouragement or down and out, and, and oh I gosh. see that all day, every day from from the community so uh, did you almost fall on the floor yeah absolutely i couldn't screenshot it quick enough i made a post about it and sent it to a few friends and yeah it was absolutely absolutely ridiculous the best how old is she seriously (laughs) (laughs) if you had to guess well before i say that in case i'm wrong she definitely has even better handwriting than i do right now good 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 uh I don't think she's older than seven. What a sweet sugar. Her mom might be calling me saying she's 10 oh. later on. but, but <laughs> She's she, actually 15. <laughs> yeah, she's definitely not the, uh, the uh, but uh, the, uh, she's a beautiful young lady and the whole family is. And uh, they're real embedded in the community. And uh, uh, for her to, yeah, to, to write that or the other mother that had to, you know, literally I'd seen her and her children that day when I stayed. Cause uh-huh. Right after Thanksgiving, I stay a week in the shack out on the the, the Jasmine County Library's yard to bring awareness. And uh, 
one of the mothers that's in our organization. I see your kids two or three times a mm. week at church and everything else. Uh, that first or second night that it got the coldest this past yeah. year, uh, her little one couldn't go to bed until she knew Johnny was okay. And she oh, had to bring stop. her in PJs to, to, to the shack. Uh, you, you know, oh you know, you do it for uh, you do it for Jesus. But when you see stuff like that happening, Gosh, it's mean, a good bonus. Yeah, it's a good. That's exactly what I said <laughs> yeah. on my post. These it's po- a good these bonus. bonus. Yeah. <laughs> now, why do you love yourself? Because I try. Mm. Uh, yeah, I love I, that. I try, and I'm not a. Uh, 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 I don't dread or stick failures. Don't you know that that's part of it, right? Yeah. Uh, if you if you're if you don't try, you're never going to run into those failures. And uh, I, 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 I try, and I uh, keep going. Uh, this could, this could all crash tomorrow, and I guarantee. You after about like three days of sulking, I'm out trying to build something else, right. uh, whether it's personal for God or the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just that's just part of my DNA. Last question. Yeah. Remind us how people can get in touch with you or the shelter. I know that you have a long list of contact information, yeah. but if yeah. you can rattle it off one more time. Yeah. So the two websites, uh, sorry, got my foot stuck, uh, <laughs> jchky.com or .org. Uh, if you want to, to get more details about the new facility, that's specifically at growthandhope.com. Uh, our address at our current operation where you can walk in tour and see what it's about is at 218 East Maple. Um, my phone number is 859-270-6919. And any questions about JCHC or anything that we're doing in the community or somebody that you need help, uh, you can also send all that to me at, uh, at my email at johnny at jchcky.com. Johnny, thank you so much for thank being you. here. Thanks for making the trip out, being our first Jessamine County in yeah. to be here. Um, when things really start opening up with the new center, let's have you come back. That yeah. would be awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'd love to, and I appreciate the time. With it. Yeah, of course. I'll see you next time. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Do Good Radio Hour, brought to you by Bluegrass Community Foundation. We'll be back next week right here on Radio Lex, or you can listen to us anytime on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at BGCFKY, or visit us at BGCF.org to stay up to date on all of the latest giving and do-good opportunities in our community. Until next time, I'm Courtney Turner. Do good and be well. You are listening to the Do Good Radio Hour on Radio Lex, WLXU 93.9 LP FM Lexington. Our theme song is Happy Tune, written and performed by Brother Smith. The views expressed on this podcast are not necessarily the views of Radio Lex, its board of directors, or Bluegrass Community Foundation. The views expressed are solely my own and the guests'.